From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hello, everyone. I'm Brandon Marcello. I'm joined by Jason Caldwell, who is about to head up to Omaha, a 16-hour drive. Oh, my goodness, Jason. That's a long, long drive. <laughs> I hope uh, it's only 16 uh, with all the flooding and, and things that have happened in the Midwest. Uh, maybe some detours involved, but, uh, hey, we'll get there just uh, slowly but surely. Um, you ever been to Omaha? I've not. Um, not? I, I, I started this. I started covering Auburn baseball in 1999, and at that point, Auburn had been in the College World Series in 1994 and 1997. Um, I was actually at the Tallahassee Regional um, in, in when David Ross hit the home run in 1997, uh, but did not go to Omaha that year. And then two years later, uh, started in this job, and I thought. Holly, this will be a, an opportunity for me maybe every few years to, to get to Omaha. And 20 years later, here we are. Yeah, it's crazy how things uh, sometimes transpire. You, you kind of expect one thing with the way things are going, and then all of a sudden there's a drought. But here's Auburn now heading to, to Omaha, uh, where if, if fans aren't familiar um, – Rosenblatt Stadium used to be there. That used to be the the, the stadium they played in, but uh, it's now TD Ameritrade Park uh, near downtown uh, in Omaha. Um, I I haven't been there in ten years myself. Two thousand nine, uh, Rosenblatt was still the the venue at that point, but they were about to start building TD Ameritrade, and uh, I think I was there for nine days. A lot of fun up there, covering games and getting to watch them too, because you're sitting at the press box and the game comes on after you or or uh, sometimes before your uh, game to cover, and it's always fun to watch because every pitch means everything, uh, obviously, in that venue. And it's so – Rosenblatt was so big, and I'm sure TD Ameritrade, I've told, it's even better. Um, but it should be a lot of fun up there, Jason. Um, so th- this Auburn team, um, I'm obviously not too familiar with the baseball program. Uh, I haven't covered it, but I've been keeping up with them here in the postseason as much as I can. The thing that just stood out to me uh, immediately, right off the bat, um, no pun intended, uh, was no one no one hits over 300 in the lineup, and yet they've had some big offensive explosions here in the postseason. Why do you think that is? What's what's kind of turned things around a little bit? Has anything turned around, or has it just been clutch hits and clutch moments that have come through? It's been a little bit of both of those things. Um, there's no question that the at-bats, um, the approach, um, guys getting healthier, I, I think all of it is factored in a little bit. Um, you know, while Julian's been a little banged up during the year, um, and that obviously impacted him. But you look and um, we've kind of written about it ad nauseum this year that, you know, this is a team that's coming back – you know, Will Holland had 12 home runs last year. Edward Julian, 17. Stephen Williams, 12. You know, you're you're going, you're bringing all those guys back. 
adding in some key pieces like a Rankin Woley. Obviously, Ryan Bliss is a guy that's a, a tremendous freshman player. Um, you're thinking that this is a team that has a chance to to be a dominant offensive team, and spurts here or there, but you never really had those three key cogs um, doing much of anything, especially after early in the season. And obviously, you know, some of that has to do with when when you're talking about playing the toughest schedule in the country going into this season. People ask me, you know, what's what's your thoughts on where this team could finish? And, and at the, at the time I thought, okay, you're going to have a healthy Davis, Daniel, Tanner Burns, all those things on the mound, those guys that can swing the bat. Even then I thought 14 and 16 to 16 and 14 is probably the ceiling because of the schedule that you face. And you look at it now, the three of those teams that you played two of them on the road in Vandy and Mississippi state um, are, left standing in the College World Series. You also had to go to LSU, had to go to South Carolina, um, had to go to College Station, another NCAA tournament team. Um, you played Georgia Tech twice, once at home, once on the road. Oh, yeah, you get Arkansas at home and Ole Miss and, and Georgia. Um, it's the most difficult schedule that I've ever remember for an Auburn baseball team traversing. And so do that. Um, I think it prepared this team – to get into postseason play better than any team I can remember. And, and once they did, you start going, okay, I'm not facing, you know, that SEC number one draft pick guy right out of the gate. You face some good pitching. North Carolina had some good pitching. Um, obviously, Georgia Tech had some good pitching. But I, I think they've just had that confidence that, man, we've made it through this thing when we weren't playing good. And now they've started to get a little confidence. The the Stephen Williams home run, um, none of this is happening without that swing of the bat. Um, if they get in a loser's bracket and have to play four or five games in Atlanta, this team is not made to get out of that. That was that was the key. Um, big offensive game. That propelled them, and I think it, it almost gave this team a, a shot of adrenaline. And, and they've been playing on it since then. And a little bit of chip on their shoulder, too, uh, going to North Carolina last weekend. I don't know that a whole lot of people outside that, that locker room and that dugout expected Auburn to go out there and, and win at North Carolina, a place that they're 34 6 at home, made the College World Series last year. Uh, that's a quality baseball team. And Auburn goes out there and wins two out of three against them. I, I think it's confidence. And, you know, these are some talented guys that just had not, hadn't, you know, gotten it clicking this year. And, Right now it is, and if they can keep that going, um, then they got a chance to, to go out there and, uh, and make a little noise. Yeah, the three three batters you mentioned there, Holland, Julian, Williams, 41 combined home runs last year. They're combined for 27 this year, uh, as you mentioned. And you mentioned Williams. I, I know, I think everybody remembers how that, that series, a Super Regional, ended at Florida. And obviously the season's still going right now. But Stephen Williams has got to be feeling pretty good, particularly, as you said, he's the man who kept the season really alive for Auburn with that walk-off home run at Georgia Tech in the regional that really propelled him all the way through this postseason so far. He's, you know, sometimes you're in the moment and as a player where you don't want to talk about the past, but what a story to come to come from that stage last year to now a bigger stage, and it's because you had a huge part in getting Auburn there. 
after that big, big moment last year. Yeah. You know, Butch Thompson talked about it today. Um, you know, you had Stephen Williams that the ball bounces off his glove and goes over the fence. And that guy hit a, you know, hit the home run to win at Georgia Tech has been on fire in the postseason. Cody Greenhill was on the mound that day. And I talked to Cody, I mean, a couple of minutes after um, they beat North Carolina on Monday. And, you know, you know, a lot of people thinking, why, you know, why are you putting your closer in with, at the time, I think it was 11, 4, 11, or 13 to 4, whatever it was, 13 to 5 lead. And Cody, I said, how badly did you want it? He said, I told Steve Smith, I'm going to finish this game. He was determined to get that that monkey off his back a little bit, even though he's the guy that's got 12 saves has been phenomenal this year. Um, he wanted to finish that game off. And so you got a couple of those guys that had key roles in this team that were on the field and, and took part in that last play uh, in Gainesville last year. Um, storybook, I don't, I don't know, however you want to describe it. Um, it's been neat to watch this thing play out. And, and yeah, there's something else at play, too. Um, you look at, at the two teams that are probably the biggest surprises right now. Michigan is, is probably the third. I think you look at the two surprises right now because of what they've had to do and where they've had to play. It's Auburn and Florida State. Florida State obviously playing for Mike Martin his last year, a team that barely got in the NCAA tournament. And you look at Auburn, and, and, and there's no question that, you know, that Rod and Paula Bramlett, that connection for them has given them uh, a little bit extra reason to go out and, and play and, and do the things they've done. And as you know, Butch Thompson has said time and time again, it, 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 they don't want to make it about about that and use that as, as motivation. But there's no question that, that it's given them a sense of, um, I won't say urgency, but I think it's given them a little bit more um, to play for than just themselves. And we've seen, you know, oftentimes when you give, you know, 18 to 21 year old kids uh, a reason to play other than just the game, sometimes those, those, they can take their game to another level. And we've seen this Auburn team do that. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, with baseball, and I've seen it when previously when I used to cover baseball at Mississippi State and Arkansas. It it's and when you get down to it, you get down to the postseason. Pitching's everything, but also having a player come through a single player come through in a crucial moment, and a lot of times that can be something. Um, that happens because something is motivating them to do that, to focus. Um, and I know it sounds silly, but it's, it's an intangible of some, somehow, some reason, something gets inside of them, and that's why they start playing better or they come up in the big moments. And I think that happens more in college baseball than maybe any other sport when it comes to the postseason. And I say that because I've seen it up close at Mississippi State before. And I've seen it in Omaha where I covered Arkansas like 10 years ago, but from all these different teams there. And then also from watching a college world series over the years, Jason, you know, this better than anyone teams with records similar to Auburn have gone in there and won the national championship. Absolutely. I mean, all you got to do is think back to Fresno state. Fresno state. Yep. Exactly. I mean, they were a four seed that basically were like, Hey, let's, this team's in the tournament because, because they won their their conference tournament, but that's pretty much it. And they built on it. They got confidence. And you're right about pitching. Pitching, I think, gets you to Omaha. For Auburn, it's it's been kind of smoke and mirrors. But once you get to the College World Series, it actually probably lessens the load on a pitching staff more than any other time during the season because of the built-in days off. I mean, if you're Auburn right now, Certainly, yeah. You, know, you haven't really gotten a, a ton of starts, and quality starts lately, but you start going. Now you have the ability to go to bullpen and, and Elliot Anderson and Ryan Watson, even Cody Greenhill. You could use four guys in day one and keep them all under 30 pitches and have a day off and bring all those guys back in game two. Um, that That's an interesting dynamic for this Auburn team. Now, obviously, if you get through it and got to the championship series and it sets up like a weekend and it's, it's a much more difficult task. But I think as far as the, these first two games, especially it couldn't be much better for an Auburn team that right now doesn't have a ton of, you know, you don't have a guy that you expect to, you know, like an Ethan small from Mississippi state, but hey, they're, they're looking at that guy to go seven, eight, nine innings Right for Auburn. Right. It's give me four innings and let's get the next guy in. And these guys have settled into a little bit of a routine, but you're mm-hmm. right. It's all about, the moment, um, finding a way to get it done and building on it, and that's kind of what this team has been doing. Uh, you know, and with Butch Thompson, I, he's a magnificent pitching coach. Um, I saw that at Mississippi State. And really what this run here reminds me of is it, Mississippi State didn't make a run to the Omaha at this point um, when I was there, but they had some some issues with their starting pitching some there so what they did is they they relied so much on middle relief those guys to come in and get them three innings to shut them down and then they bring their closer in and that got them surprisingly i can't remember what year it was they got got to the super regional in gainesville and they were i think six seven hour seven outs away from reaching omaha but the florida went on to to win i think on a walk-off if i if i call but i just remember it being like 120 degrees um but butch the way he 
handles his pitchers. Tell us a little bit about that, what what he does with these guys during the season, and then also when it comes to postseason with the rotations, the middle relief, and then obviously when to bring a closer in, whether to bring this guy in and all that. What's his philosophy? Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, it's been kind of a mixture a little bit because, you know, Steve Smith is a, a veteran pitching coach has kind of taken that over. Of course, Butch has always has his, his finger kind of on the pulse of the pitching staff. And this has been really different. You're right, you know, at Mississippi State, I, I think back to, to 2000 to 2013 when they made it to the championship round against UCLA. And, you know, they had a 14, 15 game winner that didn't start games. He was a, he was a long reliever, much like Richard Fitz has kind of turned into now for this Auburn right. team. But um, it's kind of this is really it's taken this team probably until the SEC tournament to to kind of define roles because of injuries. Obviously, David Daniel, you know, two innings into the re- to the season, then Tanner Burns and then Jack Owen. It's taken them probably to the SEC tournament to, to define some roles a little bit. And I think that was really important, especially for a couple of those freshmen. Um, but for everybody, I think it's been important for a guy like Bailey Horn. And so you've had, you know, those injuries, you've had some freshmen that have kind of had to settle in and figure out their role, whether it was reliever, a starter. Um, so it's been a bouncing around. Elliot Anderson, Cody Greenhill have really been the two solid rocks for this team Elliot in that middle relief role and then Cody on the back end of games those two have really carried the pitching staff to allow them to get to this point but it's turned into a staff where it, it's all about roles and you know you got a guy like Bailey Horn who's 15 months off Tommy John's surgery they didn't see Bailey Horn throw a pitch off the mound at Auburn until February you know he was coming back they just kind of did some soft toss and those things throughout the fall. And they didn't see him throw a pitch off the mantle February. Kind of threw him out there early. And like a lot of guys coming off Tommy John, wasn't quite ready yet. It's taken him almost a full year to get that confidence to get. And and arm strength is there. You know, you've seen it before too, Brandon. After Tommy John surgery, guys come back, they're throwing hard. Yes, it's right. It's the touch, the feel mm-hmm. that you don't have. And it's taken Bailey Horn the entire regular season to get there. But now you get him going a little bit. You get Jack Owen back and, and throwing some and get those, you know, a guy like Ryan Watson who is, is kind of told in, you know, midweek games for a couple of years and has kind of come into his home this year and, and given him something as the Auburn high grad. So um, it has been one of those years where they've kind of had to, to patch it together. Um, and they've thrown some guys in some tough situations. You know, those freshmen had to get out there and throw and start in weekend series on the road. Um, but now they've come through it, and, and I think they feel like they've got some depth, um, you know, heading in Omaha. But um, I think you're looking, it's probably five or six guys that they go, hey, we feel like we got five or six guys that we can get through these first two games that can give us a chance to win. Jack Owen, I believe he'll get the call on the mound uh, Sunday when they open the College World Series Sunday night uh, on ESPN two. Um, what is Jack good at, and what do you think Auburn is expecting out of him uh, out of this first start here in Omaha? Yeah, I, I'll probably go to the second one first. I think if you if you said, "Hey, Jack Owen's going to give you five quality innings and get you to that bridge situation where you can get to Ryan Watson and Elliot Anderson." I think that Butch Thompson and Steve Smith would feel pretty good about that. Um, 
Jack at the beginning of the year until he had a little bit of tendonitis flare up. Jack was the best pitcher. He was better than Tanner Burns early in the season. Didn't give up an earned run until they, they got to SEC play that first weekend against Tennessee. And um, he went four innings, and that's when the tendonitis flared up for him. So he missed six SEC starts. Um, so he's just kind of getting back a little bit. He still doesn't have quite the, uh, the the zip on his fastball that he did early in the year. He was 90-91 then. Now he's kind of back 88-89, but it's change up. It's location for him that's been the key. And um, the thing about him, he's fearless. That's the thing that you like about him. He's not going to be phased about going out there and pitching in the College World Series, or you know. And and he missed that weekend in Starkville, so Mississippi yeah. State hasn't seen he hasn't seen Mississippi State. So it's a little bit of a different dynamic, um, you know, starting him against the Bulldogs. But yeah, he's a you know he's a guy that last year got a lot of midweek starts and really developed and, and kept coming on with his game, added some velocity. But if he's a guy that needs the breaking ball and the change up to uh, to be able to locate those things. And if he does, then he can get them, you know, five, maybe six innings in. And I think that's what they're looking for to get to that bullpen. Does, does playing on the road get overblown in college baseball? And I ask that to lead into this because Auburn, Auburn's made its way the last two years you know, one out short or whatever you want to say from reaching Omaha last year by going through two regionals on the road. They went through a regional and super regional this year, obviously, on the road. Mississippi State has played at home and obviously has done so in front of huge crowds and has fed off of that. Do you think Auburn, just from an emotional standpoint and readiness, has the advantage going into this game Sunday night because Auburn's just attuned to playing in front of crowds that maybe aren't necessarily heavily Auburn, though I'll argue that there was plenty of fans at the Tech Regional and, the, and some yeah. the North Carolina Regional. Um, I was very surprised the North Carolina Regional to see how many people I saw uh, on TV. But anyway, I, I digress to say say that for Mississippi State, this is going to be a lot different. For Auburn, not so much. Uh, yeah, I think it's, you know, we've seen we've seen it in football. We've seen it in basketball. There are teams that almost play better on the road. We've definitely seen it in football where the guys you get away and it's kind of us against the world mentality. I think this baseball team in the postseason has kind of had that. Um, hey, let's get away where I mean, nobody expects us to win. We know we're going to be outnumbered. And, and obviously Atlanta wasn't very much. It was close to 50-50. Um, but it's still away from home. You're still in a, a visiting dugout. The other team has their home locker room and all those things that it's an advantage for them. But I think it, I think, you know, like I said, this team played this year in Starkville. They played in Baton Rouge. They played at South Carolina. They played in, in, at College Station and they played at Vandy. Um, yeah, there'll be more people in TD Ameritrade um, than there were in Starkville and, and Baton Rouge, but it won't be any louder and it won't be any rowdier than it was in those places. And, you know, they they won one game each in those in those environments, but you know had a had a big lead on Sunday at Mississippi State and couldn't hold it up with with that lack of pitching depth at that time. So I think they're prepared, and and you're right. It you know I don't know if it's a, a big advantage because it maybe Mississippi State's experience maybe outweighs it on the other side of them being there last year. But I don't think there's any question that this is the team that um, is prepared 
to go play and, and play in an environment like that. That's very true. And what what you'll see up there in Omaha, and you've probably heard this already, is as the week progresses, uh, the folks that live in Omaha, they, they show out in droves to watch games, and they, they start picking teams, and it's always fun to watch when a team starts making a run, and if they make it to the championship series or late in the uh, bracket, how they pick up on that team and start rooting for them. Um, I, I've seen it happen for teams that are going, whoever was going against LSU at the time, uh, you know, yeah. or anything like that. It is really fun to watch. So Auburn could definitely be one of those teams. If Auburn gets late in the bracket or certainly gets into the championship series, um, Jason, just from a personal standpoint for Butch going against the program, he was at for seven seasons as a pitching coach and really b- helped was one of the co-architects alongside John Cohen and building that thing into what it is today um, as far as being able to recruit the type of players they've got today. In fact, I I would think – I think he helped recruit some several of the players that are on that team now. Yeah, yeah. Does, uh, it, Jake Mangum. Um, oh, really? Ball. He recruited there's him? Of, wow, goodness. Yeah, there's a couple of those guys that, you know, it, it starts so early. And, and Jake is, you know, obviously a senior. I think Ethan Small maybe a fourth-year junior. Junior, yeah. So there's – yeah, there's a couple of those guys that, you know, that, you know, have played and played a lot of baseball, a couple of the bullpen arms. Yeah, Butch was, was, was heavily involved in recruiting them because, remember, he he didn't get to Auburn until the fall of 2015. Yeah, very late. So, yep, so, the, you know, that a lot of that recruiting process through that summer had already happened, and those were people that were, you know, a year away from getting to Mississippi State. So he would have been involved. A lot of those did an in-home visit. He said he'd been in, in you know, Jake Mangum's house and, and recruited him. So, yeah, there's a lot of familiarity, um, at least with you know some of the older guys, and and even with you know players that that aren't older, there's probably more crossover other than Auburn and Alabama, probably yeah. Auburn Mississippi State in terms of players on the roster. You look and you know Auburn has two two Auburn high graduates and Brooks Fuller and and uh, Ryan Watson, where Rowdy Jordan's on the other side. There's three Auburn high school graduates that'll be playing against each other in That's a game crazy. in the College World Series. That is yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, so is there any kind of emotion there for Butch, or is he far enough removed from it? And obviously John Cohen's not the coach there anymore. They've gone through three different coaches now since uh, since John was the, the head coach there. Is there – do you sense any emotional connection there? Is it just kind of like, you know, the, guy, the coaches that were there aren't there really anymore? And I know a couple of kids I was recruiting, but it's not – obviously it's not the same team. Um or anywhere close to it. You know, Butch, and, and he's a guy that, that, you know, he can wear his heart on his sleeve. And yeah. He's a guy that he, he will be, there'll be emotion, but he's also a, a fierce competitor. And I think it's one of those situations, like you said today, is like, Hey, this will be the, the neatest game he's probably ever coached in because of the connections at Mississippi state. But in the end, he said, Hey, let's, let's strap it on and see what happens. I think that's going to be the, the mentality here. It's like, hey, I'm enjoying it, leading up to it, all those things. Yeah. But when when they uh, when they throw that first pitch, I don't think there's going to be anybody that wants to win worse than Butch Thompson just because yeah. of uh, yeah. you know of, of what it means. And he's he's talked about it. I, I vividly remember talking to him, you know, the day he's hired. And, and of course, it's the guy that I've known since he was an assistant at Auburn in in the mid 2000s. And um, him talking about his his dream and goal was to get this program to Omaha and um, to take over 
what he did, when he did, and to go to three straight regionals now, two super regionals, and, and make it back to Omaha in four seasons is uh, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, he was a guy I think you could agree when when Auburn was looking for a head coach several years ago before this or a couple of years ago, it's just like, why is Butch Thompson not the number one guy? Why is he not the number one Correct. guy? I just I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't make sense of it. No, I, I thought from the get-go, well, you know, way back, that he was the perfect fit because he's probably the guy that reminds me the most of Hal Baird. Yeah, um, yeah. That yeah. I that I met that I met through this this doing this for twenty seasons, and you get a chance to meet coaches and all those guys. And I thought the way he wanted to build a program and the way he did it and the way he went about it and the way he treated people was a great fit at Auburn and for the baseball program. And it's played out that way so far. We'll see what happens down the road. And, and I think um, it's only going to get better because I think there, there, there's never been more interest in terms of recruiting in Auburn baseball right now. Um, they're, they're basically everybody they're, they're going after. They're, they're just about getting and, and, that can be a good thing, but it also be a bad thing because there's not many numbers. You got to divide up scholarships. It's the toughest job in college sports to be a baseball coach in a non-lottery state where you have to juggle yeah. um, and do all those things. And um, you got to be an accountant, right now, pretty much. Plus, plus you got to be an, you got to, and you got the draft to worry about too. That's what I'm saying. You have to worry about the draft. And okay, if we go get this kid, is he going to come? How much of a scholarship we're going to give him? Full scholarship, do this, do that. Is he going to come? I don't know. Let's let's not go after him, whatever. And then, yeah, as you said, it's a non-lottery state. I mean, be it's a lot different you, you at Vanderbilt. To, <laughs> yes, you have to you have to to go after guys that you think are really good, but not too good. Yeah, because it's it's tough for you. You know, Vandy and Florida and some of these places. You know, especially Vandy because the endowed scholarships; those guys are going to school for free if they're getting Vandy because of the academic side. It's it's much easier to talk a Kumar Rocker into coming to Vandy and not going draft, not being drafted in the first round, knowing that hey, he's going to get a free education. I have to worry about it. It's a lot harder when you're saying, "Hey, come to Auburn, Um, you kid from you know Bradenton, Florida." we're going to give you we'll give you 75% of a scholarship which would be huge that would be a gigantic piece of the pie for Auburn but you're still paying 25% of out of state tuition um to come which is still a chunk of change for three seasons it makes it a very very difficult scenario and books and you know living situation everything yeah everything, absolutely food um so i want to ask i've heard things but i you know i'm far removed from it did, did Mississippi State ever try to give Butch Thompson a call for their head coaching job? Yeah. Um, you know, John, he and John still talk. Um, Butch says hey, every time they win a game, win a road series, they were close. And obviously, I think John reached out, um, you know, after Andy Cannizzaro and before Chris Lamontis now and just kind of gave some interest. And I think Butch said, look, we're – this is the place that that we're calling home. We're here, and I I I think he would have had a great chance to to go and and be the head coach at Mississippi State, but also think he had, you know, it, for him, you know, both he had two daughters, had one daughter at, at Auburn already, one more going to Auburn, 
in a place that they felt comfortable in. So I think there was, hey, would you be interested? I think it was a, hey, thanks, but but I'm 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 happy here kind of scenario. So I don't I don't know that that ever went further than that. So obviously Sunday, it's huge. How big is it? I mean, I think it's obvious to get a win in that game one because it is so difficult in Omaha to get out of that loser's bracket when you lose that first game. Yeah, I think it's uh, – yeah, you're right. I think because the way it sets up, too, I think it allows Auburn to – hey, if it if you know you have a rough start early from Jack Owen, go to Elliott Anderson early and go to Ryan Watson and try to stay in the game. They've done a good job of that these last two weekends of, hey, if, you know, getting some quality pitching to keep them in a game like Richard Fitz did against Georgia Tech, um, you know, two weeks ago. I think it's it's vitally important for this team because you don't have you know, you're not you don't have Vandy, you don't have four guys that you feel like are quality starters that are gonna get you maybe six, seven innings. Um, so it can tax any pitching staff to get in a loser's bracket for this one. Uh, even with the built in days off those first couple of times out, it would make it really tough just because of the extra games you're gonna have to play. So, Jason, I hate to put you on the spot. But what do you think is going to happen in in Omaha for Auburn? Yeah, I, I think this is a team that has an opportunity. I mean, obviously, Ethan Small is exceptionally good, a big strikeout guy. I think I think they'll know fairly early for this Auburn team if if they're putting the ball in play and having those approaches. They only had one hit off of them the first time through five innings. They did hit a couple home runs, and and actually one of the few teams that beat him this year. So, I think they have some confidence going into this one. Um, you, know, you, you look at it, and, and, and I really think this is all the team that, that's going to go out there and win a couple of games. I don't know if they win the first two, but I think I think if you go out there and win a couple and and make a run and, and, and try to get around and, and get to the weekend and, and see what happens, then that'd be a, a fun situation to be in. So um, I, I kind of like the way Auburn sets up going into this first one just because I think uh, there's no pressure on them. Everybody expects Mississippi State and Vandy um, there'd be a lot of people talking about what the potential matchup for them on Tuesday night and how big of a game that could be. Uh, I think I think if you're Auburn and Louisville, you got to like the position you're in with, with everybody kind of overlooking you a little bit. Jason Caldwell, he'll be traveling to Omaha via automobile and speedboat potentially uh, through some floodwaters. Um, uh, enjoy the, the ride up there. Enjoy Omaha. It is a lot of fun. I don't know how much has changed in the decades since I've been there, but it's one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had. It's literally a carnival for two weeks up there uh, of baseball and just humanity, and everybody loves each other up there. It's amazing. Um, and eat all the steak. I don't care if you get tired of it. Just eat it every night. Go somewhere different every yeah, night I, and eat steak. I, I, yep. I just, I'm, I'm kind of saddened that the drover burned down. That's the only, that's the only thing yes, that, that yeah. gets me going to this. I've heard for years about the drover and the steaks. I know obviously Omaha steaks, there's going to be lots of other places, but yeah. um, you know, kind of saddened that the historic place isn't there. But I, I think I'll find, uh, as everybody knows me, I think you've seen me too. Uh, I think I'll find some uh, quality food to have while I'm there. <laughs> there's a ton of places, man. It's amazing. And not just steak places. I mean, it, I, I could go on and on, um, and I don't even know what's up there anymore. I'm trying to think of the, the place. I might have to Google it. There was a small place that no one talked about, but uh, Norm DeBrine, the former Arkansas coach, kept telling us beat writers um, uh, at Arkansas, like, 
this is the place you go. You go, you go there the first night, go there. And we, and it was amazing. And I even talked to the hotel people and I'm like, we have no idea what that is, what that place is, but it was, it was amazing. <laughs> so anyway, I guess you can't yeah. go wrong anywhere you go in Omaha when it comes to getting no, a good and, steak. And, you know, and thankfully, you know, Butch Thompson has been there a few times. And so I can, uh, I probably yeah. on him for some advice as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jason Caldwell, have fun up there, man. Uh, enjoy it. And, uh, hopefully no rain up there. Lots of sunshine, lots of good games and, um, enjoy it, man. Yeah. Thanks, Rand. Appreciate it. That's going to do it for the Auburn undercover podcast. Thanks for joining us. Much more coverage of Auburn in Omaha with Jason Caldwell at auburn.247sports.com. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.